You are now entering the MXU podcast. No credentials required. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 76 of the MXU podcast. I'm Jeff Sandstrom, and I'm here as always with my co-host, co-founder, cohort, Lee Fields. But we're joined today also by our two good friends, Jeremy Bagwell and Rusty Anderson. Boys, how is everybody doing? Fantastic. I, I just want to know, how can I be a co-something? I got to get you on that be, co-action. Well, you're the co... Um, you're the coaxial oh, expert. Oh, nice. Because okay. all, of, all of your gear uses coax cable. How about that? Uh, that's go. impressive. <laughs> so I listen to the podcast every time it drops, and I always am listening for this co. Like I'm like, when am I going to hear... Well, I think I hear different co things every episode, right? Oh, maybe I don't know. A little bit, yeah. I try to keep it a little fresh. Okay. Co inmate. <laughs> <laughs> well, that not yet. Might be, uh, yeah. Well, cohabitant. Uh, Rusty and Jeremy are here live in person. That's right. At the MXQ headquarters in Auburn, California. MXQ, MXQ <laughs> HQ. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm I'm the only one who's not there in person because you guys have been busy shooting some content this week. We so have. tell all the good people about what they can expect from MXU now because of what you guys have been doing this week. Listen, I was Martin Scorsese in my folding <laughs> wooden chair in the corner. But as far as the script goes and the content, I don't have a freaking clue what happened. Did you learn anything? I learned so much, which we have a lot to talk about, actually. I have lots yeah, of insight. that's great. But uh, you guys, why don't you share what we did? Yeah, I was like, I was basically a hand model uh, for like mm. all this beautiful <laughs> B-roll footage of some nice switchers. So good. Yeah. Uh, no, we actually filmed a bunch of content about. I mean, really, it's going to be uh, just content that you all these churches can use to get their video teams. Um, anyone that's walking in from day one, or even people that have been there for years, and it's just a just a good high level overview of a bunch of different video topics, from switching one hundred and one stuff to advanced techniques that we use. Uh, passion and things we've used um, all throughout my career. So it was it was awesome. Yeah, I would say that's like, great. Particularly video switchers can be some of the most intimidating for volunteer role, and it's actually a very popular volunteer role. So you know, we just looked like, okay, how do we teach somebody to operate these this thing with these bright buttons and stuff? Yep. That's great. So for listeners who don't know, Rusty Anderson is our sort of video content uh, expert, and he is video director extraordinaire primarily from i know rusty from passion city church and over the years of chris tomlin tours um he's also done a ton of freelance work over the years jeremy bagwell used to be the video director at north point in atlanta and is now the um sort of director of worship production at ross video that's right and so you guys have heard from jeremy and rusty on our podcast before but this week we're doing sort of specific video focus because they were there at the office helping us film some content for MXU Now. So I wasn't there. I can't wait to hear what you guys did. And Lee, especially from you, what you learned, because I know it's probably a ton. This is this is when we start the quiz. We you said quiz me? Yeah. There was yeah, going to be a quiz. Idea. Oh, guys, let's do this. You should quiz me. Yeah. We'll see how I did. That's good. Uh, okay. What's an Emmy? Mix effect. Okay. DVE, digital video effect. Okay. What is a frame sync? Frame sync is when you have multiple video input sources coming into your system and the switcher router 
is it's looking at all of that video to ingest at different times, but in order to display it properly, it has to digitally align it in the same way like a word clock would be for a digital audio snake system. So like when a video is like kind of scrolling up and down and it's all out of whack, that's called wild. That's yes. a wild source. That's right. And frame sync is a way like if you're if you're at 30 frames a second, it will it will realign that video source to the the next coming frame in sequence. That's so right. it's kind of like a it's a reset, but it a- also adds a frame of latency when you do that. These videos might actually work. They might. <laughs> Man, Lee, I feel like you've learned a lot. I mean, because historically, I think for you and me both, video is probably, of the disciplines, might be the least uh, knowledge base for both you and me. Yeah. And I feel like I should have been there because now you've got a leg up. And so I've got a lot of videos to watch to catch up. Yeah, can we you want to do some do some more? I'm like yeah, I've okay. got a hundred oh, so far. I'm trying to think about the thing that Spencer did not ever know. Well, the stuff he didn't know was like, how do you not know what that is? Yeah, What's a keyer? What's a keyer? Yeah. Yes, I knew what that was just because, like, I would ask the video team questions like, how do we get that black bar around the lyrics? And that was, oh, we don't have the right type of keyer. Oh, there's different types. Yeah, there's okay. Yeah, so yeah. I have a question, Lee. Do you have do you know the difference between alpha key and chroma key? Yes. Uh chroma means color. So it's removing specific colors from the image. And alpha is removing white. Wrong. Mm. Oh close. That's luma key. Oh. It's a luminous key. Al- you want to try again on alpha key? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> alpha key is actually preserving the transparency of values in the signal, like a PNG image. Okay. Uh, in Photoshop. So, how many sources do you need to make that happen? Oh, uh, guys, come on. All right. Well, we started off great. <laughs> I need to go watch those videos. <laughs> hey, you're you're still you're still passing great as far as I'm that's concerned. True. I, I mean, think the most helpful pretty, stuff pretty I saw was teaching churches. No matter what switcher they on, all all of these DVEs were built into most switchers. It sounds like, like when you're transitioning from a video back to a live moment and it may feel weird to just go from the video to a moment and you want a transition yep. in the middle of that, especially for web or how to have your pastor full screen. And then maybe he's got 16, nine graphics and you don't want to lose that pastor image, how to actually do picture in picture, right. and build that and yep. get transitions in and out. Like that was the kind of stuff we taught people how to do. So that's really cool. How many heart wipes or star wipes did you use? Star wipes. I actually was looking on the uh, on the console for the star wipe, and I couldn't find it <laughs> while we were filming. So thank God, oh, yeah, man, Sorry. they took it out. I'm because uh, every time we do an event like for married adults and there's a kiss cam, I just want to have that heart wipe. Like you, you know, know what? Yes. Everything has just, its place, just like right? just like at the Braves game. You just want to have first place. You know, by the way, have a, first place Braves. Absolutely, come <laughs> on now. First time this season. That's right. We're a hundred and hundred and how many games in? 120 games in, and it's the first weekend the Braves have been in first place. I am so excited. Love that about Jeff. I'm getting overwhelmed by Georgia sports here by all three of you. As you should. Yeah. Speaking of Georgia sports, I don't know if you guys can see the logo on my shirt. Of course we can. But that is the that is the Masters logo, and that logo. Well, this (laughs) this particular logo is merchandise that can only be purchased in the. Augusta National Pro Shop. So you can't get that logo 
by going to the masters, you actually have to be in the clubhouse and pro shop to be able to buy this shirt. So you're so, saying you're a really big deal. I'll say it. I'll say it. You're a really big deal. I'm a lucky, lucky guy. <laughs> this is like your version of exclusive Yeezy sneakers. Yes. Kirsten and I went yes. to the Masters a few years ago, and it's the same kind of deal, right? Like all that apparel you can only get at the Masters. Yeah. And I remember walking to the clubhouse thinking, we're not going to buy anything. And oh my goodness, did we buy a whole bunch of stuff. You can't, <laughs> you you can't, can't not buy it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. The Masters has a pretty unique video uh, take. Rusty and I were talking about okay. the way the yeah dissolves and music and they they do what they do. They do it well and they don't change it. Like they yeah, yeah. they're still doing dissolves and rocking it like it's 1980. Really, and it works. Yeah, and because they have that music works. that just makes you feel yeah. so good. You know, it's just chill. Yeah, but as yeah. I, I this is like this is a, a tangent. But yeah, you 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 messaged me about it and I started watching it. I was like, you know what they're doing? They're dissolving when they change holes but they're cutting whenever they're following the same shot on the same hole. So it's like they're storytelling, right? They're cutting. He, he tees off. They cut to watch the ball, and they cut to see it land. And then they dissolve to the next player on whatever hole they're going to. Yeah. So it's very intentional. Yeah. That's a great tip. It's very intentional, yep. even at the Masters. And I'm telling you, for camera ops, I don't know that there's anything more difficult than following a golf ball and maintaining focus right. on that ball from hundreds of yards away. Through white clouds. All, all through its flight, through the sky, onto green, which should be basically a green screen. And sometimes they're 50 feet in the air on a, on a crane. On a crane, yeah. With a little <laughs> That's moving. jug that they pee in because they can't get down throughout the day. So the restroom is up in the crane. Are you serious? Yeah. They pee oh, yeah. in the tops of the cranes? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That means- There's no coming down once no. you get up there. There's no coming down. You're up there all day, baby. All right. If they don't, somebody on the podcast will respond. And yeah, they us. will. They'll tell us. Yeah. That yeah. which happens frequently. There's nobody on the podcast is a crane op at the Masters. <laughs> somebody <laughs> will have an opinion about it, though. I'll say that. It, what if they are? If they are, I want to meet them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Find a tour stop because I, I want to talk to you. That's yeah. right. So is someone is someone running a shader? On that camera too, right? Yeah. yeah. If it's flying through the air and clouds and, yeah. and the sun is changing, that's yeah. also oh, yeah. got to be. Difficult. You see overexposed shots a good bit in golf coverage because yeah. the cloud all of a sudden the cloud cover will go away, and they got to yeah. adjust. Because the shader uh, ops got a lot of cameras all at once. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it's. I think the other tough thing about golf coverage is when they get to late in the day, and they have to iris up so much yep. to be able to compensate for daylight changing and getting to past golden hour like if there's ever a playoff where they have to go into almost sunset the fact that they're able to maintain as much light as they can you know and it look as good as it did at 3 p.m it's it's pretty pretty stunning yep. those guys are really good at what they do mm-hmm. okay so um rusty's also coming on the tour yes which we need to talk a little bit about we will not bore people with it those of you who know you're not coming, you're getting sick of this. You have so much FOMO. But uh, there's like 20 tickets left or less for every city except Los Angeles. Yeah. So Come on. That's both good and bad. It's good for us. Bad for those of you who are being lazy and not getting your tickets yet. So go get well, that. Well, if you haven't gotten a ticket yet, I mean, we're only a few weeks out. So if you have thought about coming and haven't bought a ticket yet, just do it. I mean, we're like 
you're not going to want to miss this. I promise. Especially the two day events where we have, um, you know, on the second day, we're going to have focus on lighting and video as well as a live band on stage. Yep. It's going to be awesome. So you're going to want to hear from Rusty and Daniel as he's talking about lighting. And it, it's going to be awesome. So get your tickets now. Yeah, I'm excited because if I can just real quick, I, I, I finally, you know, convinced myself I want to be on the whole tour. Talk about FOMO. I was just going to do the first, first part and do the two-day events. And then, you know, just like, I got, I got to be there. So now even if you're a video person and, you know, we're not doing a two-day event in your city, I'll be there on the one-day events and come, come talk, come chat. There you, you go. Come hang out at Video World with me. That's awesome. Um, so we're just now getting into like the nitty gritty of details with the tour. Yeah. So Rusty, as you're thinking about, you know, we're going to have a live band there and things that you want to communicate to churches. Are you thinking more like, here are things that I think churches make mistakes on that I'm going to hit, or what's the best way for me to maximize churches times that are coming to this? Are you thinking about that yet? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I'm, yeah, I'm thinking through things like probably the hardest thing that I hear a lot from a lot of churches is how do you train people? And so let's just let's just do that. Let's grab some people, grab a camera. I'm going to show you how to hold it and what the common mistakes are when people hold it the wrong way. Um, how to how to make a tripod camera look like uh, it's got some energy and got some movement. All that kind of stuff down to you know we can talk switcher stuff. We can talk um, different transitions and style about directing. So. I'm really excited about what we're what we're going to get to do, what we're going to talk about, and uh, even the interaction with like between lighting and yep. video and work, working with the band and the worship leader will be there a part of it. Yeah, that's that's all. That's going to be super exciting. I think, especially after watching these videos get shot in the last few days, it will be interesting on the tour to grab a front of house guy and you train them how to use a camera. Yeah, like they've probably never done that, and. Again, after the last few days and then the elevation stuff that we shot earlier this year about camera stuff, it really took my respect level for that position up a hundredfold. It's really hard. Yeah. But also, like you said. But teachable. It's teachable, but it's also hard to teach if you don't know the right way to teach. So yeah. it'll be really cool to grab somebody out of the crowd who's never held a camera, show them how to do it, yeah, and then throw them in the deep end of the pool. Yeah. I also think what's cool about the tour, just hearing you guys talk about it, is all the ideation type of topics that can come out. Like, hey, what challenges do you have at your church? What are you wrestling with? And like Rusty will be able to speak into like, oh, well, how about trying this little thing in your video system or yeah. do this? It's it's let I mean, yeah, there's so many of those conversations that are going to be had is like, here's a challenge I have, here's one volunteer that never gets it. Like what like you can't replace that with like some other type of scenario. Yeah. Well, and that's that's what we found to be the case for any time we do a live event, even our audio only events so far. And this is again, it's it's more than just a pitch to buy a ticket. It's the reason why you need to be there live is because that in person, you never know what the QA is going to be. You never know what's going to pop up as in terms of a rabbit trail that we might go down that you'll never find on one of our regular videos because these conversational moments especially talking with a worship leader, talking about how to frame a shot with a band actually being on stage, those kinds of things. It just makes it so practical and so relevant that um, I think what I'm excited about is that each of these 
11 days over eight events are all going to be different. Like right. every day, even if, even if we're using the same tracks, the conversation is going to be different because of what people have input on from the audience and what we ask of each other during each day that's going to be different. So I'm, I'm so pumped. I, I can't wait for people to experience this. It's going to be awesome. Uh, when you said they're all three going to be different, it reminded me uh, a couple days ago, we're sitting in the office and Spencer looks over at me and says, hey, there's someone who's bought a ticket for all three two-day events. Come on, baby. We got to make it different now. I know. I, <laughs> I'll uh, I'll look up who it is and maybe we'll give them a shout out. But that's pretty awesome. That's really great. Also, I'm concerned about your personal life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's really cool. Um, so maybe yeah, he should awesome. get like uh, a tour of the bus and like maybe you get to like take a nap in your bunk, Jeff. No, sir. I'll give him a, <laughs> I'll give him a free hat, but I'm not letting him in my bunk. Okay. <laughs> Hey, Rusty, what was Brian York's thing on his bus etiquette list? Something about you must not breach the curtain line <laughs> in someone's bunk. That's right. That's that's like bus rule number if one. The curtain if the is curtain's closed, closed, move along. You're yeah, move on. That's funny. Okay, I have some insights about this week and videos. I was actually trying to put myself in the seat behind the switcher and think, like, is this something I could do, I would want to do, like to do? And I can't believe I hadn't thought of this before. Again, I, I'm a low empathy kind of guy, I guess. But it really made me think that that role, just like front of house, just like being an LD, it is a left and right brain job at the same time. And of course, you guys are like, duh, of course it is. But how complicated it can be. Well, it's not complicated. Complex is probably the right word. To program and set up your show to be able to do and execute the things you want to do visually while also still trying to tell a story and like marrying those two things together. Right. Yep. hundred percent. It's like, I mean, I think most churches, it's the same person in the seat, the same person that is punching the buttons, who's programming the switcher, uh, making sure the entire, you know, service flow is ready to go is also the person who's creatively composing shots, directing the camera operators and try to find that story and tell it. Yeah. And, when I when I get to do just one of those jobs, it's hard. Yeah. But it's it's awesome. But then when you have to do both, which is most of the time in our like in church world, uh, it really does. It's it it's both sides of the brain. And part of it for me is uh I want to make sure I don't want to just show up and then try to do both when I get there, right? So during the week beforehand, I'm listening to the music, I'm thinking about the things, trying to visualize what that story is yep. before I get there. But also in the days leading up to it, I'm prepping the switcher, trying to think through what kind of transitions I need to have ready. Yeah. How do I need to set that up? Yep. So that when I get there on, on site and we're actually in rehearsal and we're in the, in the gathering, that technical stuff's mostly figured out. Yep. And now I can be more creative. So tell me how this applies to you with video. So if I'm listening to a song I'm going to mix in a few days, I may hear a thing on the vocal that's unique and go, oh, I should put a doubler on that. And then I will actually picture in my mind building that effect, the plugin I'm going to use, and then I will play out in my mind me turning the knobs on that plugin and where I think I'm going to go and where I'm going to start and what it's going to sound like. I'll like replay those sounds in my head. Yeah. So do you do the same thing, setting up? Um, not so much setting up the switcher, 
when I'm, I do that as I'm trying to find the story and tell the story. So when I listen to a song or when I get um, renders from a lighting design, I kind of want to see like, you know, where are those lights going to be? Where, where can I find those lights when I'm trying to compose cameras? So if those lights are all high up in the air, then if I want to see those behind my, uh, behind the people that I'm shooting, then I got to get lower angles, right? Mm -hmm. um, so all that kind of stuff. And then thinking about here's the, you know, the bridge is going to get real, real quiet. Sometimes like that first part of the bridge, things come way down. So I'm going to get tight and get intimate. Maybe try to you know find some shots of people worshiping in the crowd, um, but then I'm I'm going to be ready for that that second time or the third time the bridge comes around and the light sweep happens. Yeah. Try to envision when are the lights going to move, and when yeah. that happens, be ready on some wide shots. Yeah. I I have a different perspective. So Rusty and I have different paths to being video directors. So Rusty has a much more artistic, creative uh, background than I do, and I have a more engineering, technical background. So, like, I answered that question when you asked it. Immediately, I was like, okay, great. I think through what the switch the switcher is capable of. Yeah. And I think through, yes, we can create a picture-in-picture -picture where he's pastor still there and the full-screen image is there. Or we, we need to run a lower third here, and then I need to create a macro that does X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So, I think that's why Rusty and I have so much fun together is because we were able to – he wears that hat. He sees things probably artistically different than I do, but I'm just as creative in solving – Creativity yeah. solving problems, in my opinion. So, like, I think one of the things that I've learned in Video Switcher world is that there's so many things the Video Switcher can do, and it seems so daunting that we sit in meetings each and every week and don't understand what you could do. So part right. of it is, like, and that's what we talked about yeah. this week, like, when we shot these videos, is, like, you never probably never knew you could do this. But here's step right. one, two, and three to accomplishing it with yep. the same switcher you have right now. Yeah. You know, and that's what I learned over the past 10 years is learning how to do that with the tools I have already. But I just think through that way. Cause I like the technical side. Yeah. The, uh, still store feature yeah. that switchers have yeah. blew my mind. So Jeff, let me tell you what a switcher can do. Um, okay. You can take a full resolution screen grab of any source inside the switcher anytime and store it. Yep. And then throw it on a button to just pull up anytime you want. Yep. So like you're doing announcements at church and you see something come up and you're like, I don't know if graphics has that to use later, but it would be great as a walkout slide if nobody's playing for things like that. So you as the director can just grab it, do a still store, assign it to this button and it's just ready to go just in case. Or pastor's given some type of announcement and graphic comes up. And then, you know, he's got 60 other sermon slides. So CG's way down the list. And then he calls for it again. And then you beat the CG operator to it because you've already got it. Yep. Well, I would also say uh, what I do every Sunday of the church I attend now is I grab the sermons, the sermon series title slide. Yeah. Each and every week because I want to go to it during the sermon. So my pro presenter op can actually go find the scripture that he's talking about and click on it, proof it all before I take ProPresenter live to the screens. So it gives us opportunity for ProPresenter to not be live 24 hours a day, yeah, you right. know, happening. So That's good. So you're basically, you know, you have a way to get back to your overall branding graphic, That's so right. to speak. Independent in of between the live ProPresenter scripture feed. Yep. yep. That's good. I like it. And then macros. Oh, yeah. I'm just keep going here. Guess I'm keep flexing my video skills. This is what happened. <laughs> Macros. The flex is real. Keep going. It's yeah. good. 
Well, speaking of flexibility, macros. Yep. <laughs> so pre-service, I need uh, pre-roll announcements in the hallways. I need lyrics to still be shown inside the worship center because the band's rehearsing. But uh, I need music in the hallways to be this. Like that's a whole different setup, right? Yep. Yep. And that's a lot of button pushes to get everything routed through all your auxes. Do you like that? There's no. another, another flex there. And then service starts and then all switches. Every source is going to switch again. I can't tell you how many times service starts. This happened, Jeff, when you and I were at North Point. And I would literally get a minute into it and somebody like, hey, the service is not on in the hallways. I'm like, dang yeah. it. Okay. And then because we didn't have a button built for that. Yeah. So now it's like build a button every time the door is open. You hit that button and takes it to the halls. And the macro can execute multiple button pushes at one time. That's right. You can even set delays between those actions based on frame or based on time. Like It's crazy. You can build transitions and wipes in between all those moves. So it's literally pre-service, button, service start, button, yep. end of service, button. That's, yeah. That's pretty awesome. I'm proud of but you. You've learned a lot. I did learn a lot. It's pretty strong. Now all the video guys that I work with are terrified because I know what they should actually be doing. <laughs> Careful though, they're gonna make you come and sit in the seat. No, they're finally they're 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 like finally Lee's gonna have some empathy for us. Probably that. Yeah. And I like I'm it. Also raising the bar of yeah. what is actually possible. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's good. So back to the other thread of the combo though, about the person programming the switcher versus the person executing the event. Um, I know for me, like when I'm building a show file, I want to be the one to do the science part and the art part. And so in other words, I want to, I want to be the one building the show file and mixing on the show file in video world. Is that the same or rusty? Do you like having an engineer who's going to kind of set it all up and then you just do the art side or is it better for you to do both or like how from it, from an execution standpoint, how do you find that sort of back and forth? Yeah, a couple of thoughts there. It depends on the scale of what you're doing. So if I'm doing, um, you know, passion conference and there's 18 cameras and a bunch of graphic sources and we've got destinations all over the place, I can't, I can't creatively manage that much information, right? And also punch all those buttons. So I, I need someone to 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 do that. And also that's part of me understanding what I'm best at and what someone else is best at. And you know, releasing that control so someone else can do it. Um, but yeah, so I think it's it's a complexity thing that kind of answers that question. But when I have to do both, it's um, it's totally doable, and it's I think mean, totally yeah. like I said, totally common practice in churches. Um, and I think a lot of times, I remember a lot of times people um, people get afraid if they're if they've been directing and switching at the same time. They all they often say to me, "How do you get the timing down? How do you get the rhythm down when somebody else is pushing the button?" When I, if I'm a director and I'm just saying ready one, take one, and they don't actually hit it on the right beat that I want them to hit it on, and that's a real thing yep. that you have to work with and get good at and mm -hmm. work together and have consistency so that um, you know, everybody feels like they're on the same page. But I don't know. It's kind of a both and, I think. Yeah, you're really good at that. So, yeah, you guys complement each other really well. So, Jeremy, for you on the engineering side, since that's where your skill set kind of leans, what would you say to the guy who's listening who is really good at that part? Like they get the signal flow and the gear and the specs and the setup and all that. They're, they're dialed in. 
but they're the one guy who's responsible for all of it. How would you recommend they get better at the art side? Yep. At the sort of storytelling and creating those moments. So I think I think there's a real tendency, I think it's audio as well. You get sucked in, you get these like tunnel vision of technical and you can't yep. see beyond that. And so all of a sudden you're just you're not uh getting what you want because you all of a sudden see it through the lens of the super technical. And so for me, I've always wanted to be a student of as because Rusty's directed and I've punched buttons for him and I've, I'm trying to understand why does he go to this camera at this time? What's his rhythm? What's his language? And like, I ultimately I'm there to support him. Like it doesn't matter. My opinion does not matter stylistically in that moment. If I'm, uh, punching on the switcher for him or being a TD or switcher op or whatever. Um, but you, there's value in understanding the why behind the what anytime you're doing something super technical. So even if I sit in an engineering seat that is um, like I get to do that at Passion a few times every now and then. These days I get to sit in the engineering seat, which I get to watch the whole control room and support like the production happening, right? And maybe I need to go fix a camera or I'm fixing something on the switcher or, hey, we need to build a PIP and I'm helping the video director build a PIP. Uh, for me, I just show up and like, hey, this is not about me in this moment. This is about me using what I'm really good at to accomplish what the church wants to do. And I think that's really, really important instead of focusing on the hyper-technical and saying, no, I can't do that because X, Y, and Z. It's like zoom out and go, okay, you're trying to be creative. You're trying to accomplish this. And there's probably multiple paths technically to make it happen, but you have to really zoom back out and also be a student of what the artist, the artistic side, be a student of the art, artistic side. Yeah. I, I think a quick tip on that is if you find, if you've, find yourself being more of a technically minded person and you struggle creatively, go find something, whether it's a church uh, broadcast or some other broadcast, anything really that you find creative, you find inspirational and technically break it down. So like pause that. If you think that shot looks good, pause it and break down technically why that shot looks good. Does hmm. it have some sort of, you know, special lighting that looks right? Does it have the composition of it? Like get, if you're technical minded, then get technical about it and, and kind of reverse engineer it. Yeah, that's good. Because that's a great tip. Ultimately, creativity is solving problems in art. That's in my opinion. I don't even know if it's real, but the way I think about it is art is creating something from nothing. And I struggle with that big time. And then creativity is solving problems. And I'm really good at solving problems. So if I can understand the technical side of it, yeah, I can, I can go there. Steve Jobs said creativity is taking one known it, uh, one known solution and another known solution and connecting them together mm. to solve a problem. Yep. I think that's a fantastic that's way right. to look at it. Right. So even people that are very technical and they think in ones and zeros, you can still be as creative as anyone else. You just, to solve problems, you just connect ideas. Yeah. That's all people that are super artistic are doing too. They're just using a different palette. They're yeah. just, you know, different colors and different tools. Yep. That's really good. So Lee, what do you think is the hotter hot seat? Sitting behind the console mixing audio or sitting behind a switcher mixing video? I think if you had asked that question 18 months ago in church, it would have been front of house. Yep. I think now it's probably shifted and maybe has shifted back a little because no one's watching online anymore. I don't, I don't know. I think it's, I think <laughs> there, people are still watching online. No, I know. I'm just kidding. 
Um, I think, I think every seat has gotten warmer. Yeah, across the board. But like at an event, at a conference, or a concert, like I always thought, you know, the guy mixed in front of house was kind of the hot seat because it's the microphone, it's the vocal, it's the the band, it's all that. But as video has gotten to be more and more a part of the production, yeah. And those elements have gotten to be just more, not just eye candy, but fundamental to the telling of the story of a song. Yeah. I feel like, you know, the video director and and the lighting director, but they're not here right now. The video director is um is a really, you know, more and more vital role as time goes on, which is great. I think it's I think it's cool that all three disciplines No one comes to me and says it's too loud though. Well, that's true. No, that's true. <laughs> you get quicker feedback. People that if you miss something with audio, unless it's a cue, it's I don't like the way this sounds. I can't hear the vocal, it's not loud enough. It's you know, it's subjective things. Mm-hmm. But with video, you either seen it at the right time or you did not. Right. So it's also a bit more there's less room for error, I yeah. feel like with video. And with the pressure at online now, yeah, I think I think that's true, Jeff. Probably is true. What I see church as is like a concert and a TED talk having a baby. And so <laughs> it really is. It's, it's it's this audio is the most important during music. Like people are there yeah. for connecting through music and it's really important. And then, but during a sermon, a pastor I worked for previous to North Point, if I, like he did a ton of full screen images. And so if I didn't get that timing right and put the right graphic at the right time, like that derailed yeah. not only yeah. the people's experience, but it actually derailed his experience. Right. And now he's trying yeah. to like figure out how to recover from a mistake I made. You know? The worst, so, the worst thing. Do we have that graphic? Yeah. Do, do we have do we have it now? Hey Jeremy. Yeah. Did you get it? Did you get it can yet? You, can Jeremy hear me up there? Hey, producer. <laughs> you gotta tell him we don't have it. <laughs> yeah. Can we give it up for our tech That's team? Funny. Guys, don't yes. they do a great job? That's right. Don't they do a great job? Oh they work God. so hard. That's Stab right. me in the freaking eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Been there. It's the worst. All you senior pastors that listen to this, don't ever do that again. That's right. Thanks. So, Lee, any other major learnings? Like, uh, I know we did the quiz at the beginning, but what is, um, what's another thing that you just didn't know that you've learned? Um, that most video switchers required board tape. What the heck? <laughs> Until <True>. recently. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of crazy. Or you had to pop the buttons off and put paper underneath the buttons to label them. Yep. But, this is not a shameless plug for our friends at Ross, but I guess it, it's about to be. The panel that we used in the videos has uh, digital mnemonics. So, you know, what we've had on digital consoles since the PM1D, they have <laughs> they have now. They've, they've only been available in the bigger switchers. Yes. Yeah. So if you go to a newsroom, right. you go to you know, your big churches, they would have it, but never in like the mid-market. Um, yeah. Just more, yeah, prosumer or just more accessible switchers. It was, it was always... Pretty rough looking. You walk up there and you just get a sharpie out and That's start right. scratching stuff out and getting new tape. And That's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's because oh, if we can back up a little bit of like switcher history and thinking about it, like at the end of the day, uh, our direct director's eyes are looking at a multi-viewer. Okay. So you just need to, your hands need to know what buttons are what. 
you know, so you just need to know camera one, camera two, camera three, graphic source, whatever. Yeah. So like if you're switching and directing, uh, you're, you're going to be looking up, but then your hands are pressing buttons. Yeah. So mnemonics necessarily weren't, uh, important, but now as we've gotten more complicated, we've had to like show where a custom custom controller or macro is. Yeah. Here's that button. Yeah. And then the next moment it's going to be another function. So like, it's almost been a product of just how our industry's developed a little bit over time because of how we've gotten better with computer processing, you know? Knowing that that product's there now, though, I would not want to go create a bus map with that one. Right. Yep. Do you like that flex? Bus map. <laughs> Man, he's just flexing all day. Well, That's what's good. the other interesting thing is I wish lighting console manufacturers, video panel creators, and audio console manufacturers would all get together and have a convention on nomenclature yeah yeah, yeah. that's right so patching a little bit of consistency yeah like a bus map and if you were thinking of an audio console what do you think a bus map would be well a bus map would be basically assigning individual channels to particular buses and then how those buses get out to a matrix or left right or right. whatever but on a video panel it's really what all of the buttons on top of the console are doing to that bus so to that it's a to mix bus. effects bus yeah and then you're it's a source map yeah so it's labels. yeah yeah it's different and then like so it's not actually it's not actually a signal path it's just a label yeah so in me1 right that that bus and you want to take let's put it in audio world and you want to hear the drums vocals and guitar well, you would have a label called drums, vocals, and guitar that you take in that bus. So that's what a bus map is, yeah. is mapping those sources out so you, you can take them in that bus. You, yeah, they're there and available, and they'll be on when you take them. Right. You can preview them, you can see what's about to go there, and then you can take them in the bus. So it would be like assigning everything to a bus, but it's all off. You can queue it pre-fader and then when you hit go now they're in that bus can can i ask a different way i mean if we can just cut this out if it doesn't apply and it's dumb but okay but if you went to aux one or some other bus on an audio console and all of a sudden all of your faders change to different sources does that happen yeah it's called flip to fader okay every input has a fader okay but when you hit flip to fader you select aux one flip to fader and now it shows me Say aux one is my subwoofers. Right. It'll show you. Oh, I got kick drum, floor tom, bass guitar, yeah, synth bass, and th those faders are up only. So that's a good okay. distinction. You can't it's like all the inputs coming in the switcher are not automatically assigned to a fader. So that's the distinction. Got it. So it's not like you. Yeah. So audio consoles, you you all have preamps, right? Like there's a preamp associated yep. with every input. That's kind of like the router, right? So there's no in. It just comes in, yeah. And then you have to decide what I want to do with it, like where, what bus may need to control that. Yeah, you know. Okay, so that makes sense. Got it. But then patching, like an audio patch, that's the router. Could be the router, or could be internal. You you could think about bus map as a type of patching yeah. for your control surface. Yeah. And there's hard patching and soft patching. Bus map would be a soft patch. Okay. 100%. Got it. But in, in Maddie, we call a Maddie router a Maddie router. 
Like right. so in some protocols you kind of have because it's Maddie and it probably came from video originally anyway. Yeah. Man, I love this is I love these conversations. I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and by the way, we don't edit this podcast ever. Oh, no, okay. Nothing's ever been edited. Okay. So it's in. Lee, you have stepped up your game big time. I'm really impressed. I'm I'm kind of jealous that I couldn't be there this week because I would have learned a lot. It's awesome. You would have learned a lot. I'm really excited. Not that this even matters, but how good this content's going to look. We, <laughs> oh man, we yeah. just stepped up our game big time on the video production side of things. So, no reason to go down a rabbit hole about all that. But it's just going to be beautiful. It just a few clips that you sent me. I mean, it looks stunning. Yeah, like if you're a video guy who's listening, and you're an MXU now or team subscriber. You're going to go, where have these video videos been on my life? This is crazy. I think it's going to convert some audio guys. Can I say mm. that? Yeah. It did Sounds me. like it's kind of converted Lee. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I've seen those day rates. You guys, you video guys get those 3X day rates over the front of house guy. The so. first budget to get cut, though. That's for sure. That's yeah, true. The first real money. Hey, instead of five camera ops, we're going to do two. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, great. <laughs> Oof. Anyway. So, Lee, we've got to ask the real big important question because we get asked this all the time about audio consoles so what's the best switcher grass valley 4a or ross well you just asked uh behringer yamaha or studer i feel like it's kind of what you just asked so um i'm gonna attempt this guys and then okay jeremy you're not allowed to say a damn thing because you work for (laughs) ross I, I try to just keep open mind. Okay, based on what I know, and my question, my question is fairly facetious, by the yeah, way. Yeah, because I know. it's a question that shouldn't be. It doesn't have one right answer, obviously. Yeah, but you know, but I th- I'll take a stab at this. I feel like if you're a small church and you don't even have an iMag system, you don't necessarily. You do, actually, you in fact don't need a twenty-four input touch drive console or it's not a console you don't need a touch drive panel but as soon as you start talking imag streaming to the web multiple sources you need multiple emmys for the price that it is which is less than 20 grand for the panel i keep forgetting that word it's such a weird like (laughs) it's not a console um i don't know that there's much else out there in that price range with all those features now you're yeah. everyone's also saying you don't even know what else is out there. No, I do. I've been doing this a long time and had to build budgets and launch right. campuses. So I do. Um, but 4A has had a lot of problems with uh, reliability and quality. I don't think that's a a big secret. So I'm not sure that that's something that people should just go blindly into without proper investigation. Ross has a lengthy history with quality ease of use and throwing features in their consoles that are only available in the consoles like grass Valley and higher end stuff. But they also have acuity, which you find in any major news network around the world, TV trucks, anything. So it will do the same thing a grass Valley will do also. So, um, carbonite with touch drive, every church that's looking for multi-camera high input solutions should look at that as an option. Uh, yeah, I'd, I would agree with that 100%. <laughs> Man. 
I was sweating for you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That was a really good answer. I had because I had no idea what the answer I didn't should either. be. So good for you. It was good. I just one little clarity about it all is that there when we talk about touch drive panel, particularly, you know, there's a switcher frame and a console, just like Audio World, there's your racks. And yeah. so there's a lot of different combinations that can be had in all that. So, you know. There's what's yeah. doing in the in the frame. What's what's the use? I'm a big user experience standpoint. So right. the console, you guys are too in audio world. Like, yep. the user experience is a lot, just as much as how the nuts and bolts are processed. So, just keep that in mind. Yeah, there's a lot to be involved yep. in how you set up switcher. Yeah, and it's like it's like Behringer, right? Like Black Magic gets thrown in a lot compared to like with Behringer. Is that pretty accurate? You guys would yeah. know. Yeah, you would. Yeah, know. I think so. Yeah. Bear, or Black Magic has a switcher that will do a lot of stuff and it's inexpensive, but you can just feel it and touch it and the buttons and it's not the same quality as a Carbonite. And you guys also make a cheaper... So we have a Carbonite Black Solo, solo. nine input, all-in-one yeah. switcher that's very accessible for the one or two, three, five input inputs like we're going to broadcast yeah. and uh, don't need to do iMag. Even if you do an iMag, it's still pretty popular um and entry level and gives you all the same dashboard control interface yeah i've done lots of freelance shows on solo and it's everything i need it to be yeah yeah it just you don't have those you don't have the cool uh mnemonics like we're talking about yeah 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 you know yeah but you don't on black magic either right yeah Yeah, you don't get that on black magic either Yeah. yeah yeah but from a product standpoint the touch drive is your new product that has just been in the last six months that's right that is the that's like the next generation but really accessible like it's designed to to fit into this market really well that's right and it's we it's uh backwards compatible with a lot of older generation carbonite frames so therefore if you don't like your user experience on your your current carbonite panel then you can upgrade to a touch drive panel keep your frame because at the end of the day video costs is like frame and and the panel they're like it's like half and half right half your cost is going to be the panel half the price is going to be your frame yeah so that's what i like about it and yeah it okay looks awesome. so again this is not a ross commercial but for those of our listeners who haven't been caught up with recent episodes that you've been a part of talk to us for a few minutes about dashboard because that is kind of independent of a lot of other gear it's really just a like it's a different software beast, right? Yep. So it is our control system software and it's free. So you can go to rossvideo.com, download dashboard, uh, run it on your Mac or your Windows computer and connect it to your network and connect to any other, any devices that does any type of TCIP or any type of network control protocols. Um, and you can dive in and start learning about it. Um, it the way I describe it is if you've had Chick-fil-A, it is the Chick-fil-A sauce in the Ross ecosystem. So it is like, it is the thing um, that is amazing about the Ross ecosystem. I think it's more like the cookies and cream milkshake. Okay. You know? <laughs> They're free? <laughs> we all wish. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yes. So it is an awesome uh, opportunity to control things. For instance, I had my laptop out while we were shooting. Rusty was in front of a console trying to do some stuff it's, I grab- a, it's a panel panel right yeah yes that's exactly right <laughs> so i don't know why oh see that's og audio guy inside of yeah. the console 
Um, so Rusty was trying to do something and I was like, Hey, I'll just take care of it. So I opened my laptop and I went into dashboard and changed the configuration of that panel. Gotcha. You know, from my laptop. So that's what dashboard allows us to do. It's not the native, uh, it is the native OS for the, the switcher, right? Mm-hmm. But it's also the OS that I can run on my computer or anywhere else. And you can, but it's more than just an offline editor, right? That's right. It's yeah, active. It's, like it's real time. Real time show control. So yep. without it, all you, all you churches that have a Carbonite but don't use dashboard, you have one little window screen that's maybe like an inch tall and five inches wide. And every time you're trying to build something or go into the menus, it's just it's a bunch of button presses. It's not a great experience. Right. But go get a cheap computer, get dashboard for free. And now all of a sudden with the same switcher, you're going to, I mean, the switcher can do everything. You don't need dashboard to unlock anything in your switcher, but because of the user experience, you're going to feel like you've got a brand new switcher. Yeah. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So I always say for guys who have somewhat sophisticated networking experience, like I can VPN uh, into our church's network from home and control the switcher from my house for a really mid-market switcher. You know, that's a, that's cool because yep. the application is like, hey, we got this women's event and a volunteer can't figure out what the heck they did on the switcher. Yeah. Five-minute phone call and we were out of the ditch. You know, anyway. Sorry. Thank you for bringing it up, but I do not yeah. like being the shameless plug, Ross. No, you definitely didn't pay for that. You did not <laughs> You did not pay to be here today. You're just our friend. Yet. Yet. <laughs> Which I appreciate. Yeah. <laughs> no, Ross did supply us a bunch of gear to shoot these videos, so it was great having you here all week. Um, can we talk about cameras? Yeah. Okay. So cameras for the tour. I think we're going to get Canon cameras. I We're probably 90% sure. So if this all changes, then it changes, but we're allowed to change things. Um, we're trying to get the Canon C300 Mark III. Yep. And I've been told it's called the Varicam Killer. <laughs> I don't think Canon has said that. No, 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 no. It's like the word on the street. Yeah. But so, who made that? You mean they started? They had to start it. I right? don't know. So I know the Canon rep, and I came up to him at the booth and said, "Help me understand. Like, what is your Vericam? I, I maybe I asked something about Vericam, and maybe maybe it came up in a conversation. I don't remember. Yeah. I know yeah. I've said it. Yeah. So you started this. Maybe I did. <laughs> Dirty rumor. <laughs> well, crap. <laughs> so. <laughs> What makes this camera potential? It's a new camera. Yeah, I think I don't know when it came out, but pretty recent. Yeah, I don't I don't know much about it other than it can change frame rates like the Vericam can now without power cycling. Yes, right. got it. So that's the big deal. Yeah, that's a big deal. I mean, I, but I think most people would probably say Canon's imager is better than Panasonic overall. Oh, um, the Vericam just unlocked a lot of things in a live broadcast that weren't possible before. Got it. Uh, but what would be awesome about, I mean, so many people in churches probably are familiar with Canon, you know, if they do film shoots yeah. or photographers, right? And it's uh, just having that ease of use would be would be huge. So I'm excited to get it. I haven't used it yet. So uh, I'd be really excited to see what it's like in a live environment and get, you know, remote shading uh, control and things like that. So I hope it works out. So from a guy who works for a company that does not make cameras... So I, I feel like I'm agnostic, but I'm in conversations every day with churches and I'm like, what yeah. cameras are you using? The cinematic camera look and feel is not going away. No, it's getting anytime. It, no, I mean, it's, it's getting it's getting in the Super Bowl. It's, I was talking with a friend yesterday who's he's a steady cam op that I use a lot, and he was going uh, somewhere this week to do a bunch of camera tests. Because he's the guy out there with the super shallow depth of field at the NBA finals. 
He was that guy. Got it. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to so-and-so next week, and we're going to shoot out 10 different uh, cinema cameras. Yeah. And Ari has a new one now. Yeah, Ari has Ari Live, their system. It's been out for a few months now. They've been shooting concerts and uh, some broadcasts. Yeah, it's definitely not going anywhere. I will say for me, though, as an old guy, at like when I was watching the Super Bowl, it looked a little weird to me at first. Thank you. Like, it, looked, I'm gonna, it looked like it was an effect in the switcher to me. It wasn't. Yeah. To me, I, early on, as, like, as a DP kind of person, when uh, DSLRs first came out shooting video, everybody grabbed one and started shooting at F1.8 and everything was out of focus. It was just like that overcorrection. Yeah. And, I, and now everybody's like, oh, you don't have to do that to be cinematic. You can shoot at a normal depth of field. Because when you go to see a movie, it's not that shallow. No. But you, it, it was right. just overcorrection. I see. And I think that's kind of what's happening in the light. It's just 10 years later. Yeah. Finally, live broadcast is getting that capability. There's a little overcorrection, especially on like, they did it at the Masters or they did a golf, right? Yeah. And when you're outside, there's literally infinity behind someone on right. camera. It just gets right. crazy out of focus. So I'm, I'm curious to see if it's going to kind of revert back to a happy medium. Yeah. Uh, but the technology is here to stay. So as a as a football fanatic, which shout out to football starting, watching I love watching NFL. I felt very frustrated because I during the uh, touchdown celebration is when they took That's, the shot a lot. Yeah, I actually want to see the sidelines and coaches' faces. Right, I want to see how they're responding. Yeah, but when we're following somebody and they're out of focus, like I don't get to see that part of the story yeah. of what's happening to the other teammates that are on the sidelines. So, I don't know. Everybody has their opinion about it. That's mine. Yeah. I want to see that kind of stuff. So, I think it's the over that correction of like what are we tell what story are we telling when we use that? No, I think you're right. It's like you can do this with your phone in portrait. Yeah. If you don't hold it in the right spot, even half the person's face is out of focus. <laughs> right. That's what it looked mm -hmm. like when yes. they first started doing this in live sports. Yeah. And were they changing the frame rate or was it still at they 60? They were early on. Okay. Yeah, and that was super jarring. Yeah. So maybe you're right. It's all like, okay, bring it back. Yeah. It's like when Jeff first got his uh, first delay unit on Tomlin's vocal. It was just everywhere. Just the delay. Just going and going. <laughs> oh, I'm, man. Just I'm just kidding. But no, audio guys well, do the You know, same you got thing. a new toy. You want to use yeah. it. It's like right. you got to make sure everybody knows you have it. Maybe yeah. maybe some that would be maybe somebody has a connection to the broadcast folks who are doing this stuff yeah, in the football games. It would be that would be a really fascinating topic that would be i wonder if somebody here with us today knows the city came up for the nba finals <laughs> maybe maybe rusty should huh, interview huh. him on a podcast yeah that sounds like a good plan yeah so what else for the tour like what um jeremy are you going to be there for every city i will be there for most of them maybe most of them okay yeah are you bringing so what are you are we using what the are touch you drive? most excited about yeah so we're gonna rusty's gonna use the touch drive panel uh in carbonite ultra frame it's gonna be awesome uh, and we're going to spend a lot of time with it. And that's, that's, I'm excited about just the, uh, conversations that come out from it, that. It's not like a normal tour. Like back when I used to tour video world was backstage. You couldn't get there. Right. Like we're going to figure it out. So like video world can be out in the house. Oh and yeah. Can come look at it. And we can oh, yeah. talk to me about it. Yeah. Like it's fine. Right. Same. Yeah. And I'm going to be around, which I, so my passion is just to help, uh, every, just help our churches succeed and get further faster and whether you buy Ross gear or not, like, I know I, it doesn't matter. Like, let's just have a conversation about it. I'm not going to sell you to buy, you know, try to sell you on a Ross switcher. I'm just going to say, Hey, what's your workflow? Let's kind of figure this out. So I'm excited about those conversations that are, that yeah. we can have 
about how do you use it? How do you not use it? How can we solve some problems? You know, irregardless of what gear. Well, as a as a recovering audio guy, I'm excited because you've never been to an MXU live event. That is true. And so, for you to be there on the audio only days, you might actually learn how to mix. Finally, I, I mixed back in the day, but we that was know pre recording board mixes. Oh, so there's no proof of so this. So we don't anywhere. have any evidence, so, <laughs> right? That's funny. <laughs> I've been a lighting designer. I mean, I use that term loosely, but. And the video, obviously. So maybe after the first few tour days, when I'm directing the day one audio stuff, yeah, you guys can quiz me. Let's see if I can do as well as Lee did. That's a great idea. That's a good plan. I like that. Um, so for day two, speaking of video control not being hidden, the touch drive panel just connects to uh, the Carbonate Ultra Frame, Carbonate Ultra Frame with Cat Five. So how we have audio consoles in the middle of the room, it's going to be rusty on the touch drive in the middle of the room beside Daniel Cannell in an MA3. Love it. And beside Chris Raybold on an SD7. So we'll have one person on each console for day two. And then Jeff and I and Jay and the band are going to host the day and moderate as they program a full worship set that then gets executed at the end of the day. Yeah. So the whole day is basically prep and rehearsal and rehearsing, training, camera ops, getting shots, talking about lighting looks, all that stuff. And then Somewhere around three thirty, four o'clock in the afternoon, we just basically say, "Okay, service starts." Three, two, one, and we run the worship set, and then we kind of deconstruct it afterwards. It's going to be so good. So, who's preaching on those days? Pastor Jeff. Uh, this is just the music part. No TED talk oh. this time. Yeah. Okay. So no I was I was looking forward to Jeff preaching. Everybody knows you leave the console during the message. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. That's when it becomes more important for video. Right. right? right. Yeah, you can't leave. That's a, Never leave. No. Ah, man. Video guys never leave. That stinks. Actually, good audio guys never leave either, but that's... Oh, come know, on. Whatever. <laughs> whatever, Lee. Jeremy, did I ever leave the console at North Point? I don't remember you leaving, no. Rusty, did I ever leave the console on Tomlin? I never. I never get to experience any show at front of house. So I have no idea. Never once. <laughs> strong i did it basically i did it wrong lee i was about to say i was like do you know what your live view missed <laughs> yes i actually do i think it depends on your pastor like yeah andy stanley is an audiophile also yeah so i think it depends like i could put an a2 at the console at the churches i've been at and the pastor would say why'd you set through all that so I, I think three times. I think it just depends. That's true. Um, and then the off days is going to be fun for me to watch Rusty and Jeff gamble playing golf against each other. I mean, I've I don't think I've ever beat you at a single hole, Jeff. So I gotta get. I gotta. No, that's not true. <laughs> I gotta get I'll, ready. Gi- I'll give you shots. I'll give you a few. Aside. Can I get a little handicap? <laughs> yeah, but you two, I'm I'm pretty certain you're the best two golfers on the bus. So. Is Corey any good? Uh, yeah, Corey's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Lee is already scouting out the good courses for our off days. So yeah. bring your clubs. That's 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 Lord's work there. Yeah. That's good. It is. It's the Lord's work. And Jay is scouting out other activities. Yeah, so <laughs> if anybody's got any hookups in golf in uh, Tucson, <laughs> um, Amarillo. Yeah, all the great cities of the country. <laughs> yeah, uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, St. Louis. Is that Louis. where Ten Cup took place, Amarillo? What a great movie. Oh, such a good movie. Was Man. it Amarillo? They went to Amarillo at some point. Oh. 
Where's the other option? So if you guys are listening and your pastor has a hookup at a great golf course in any of those cities, yeah. we got to get on that thing. So let us know. DM us and let us know where we can play golf in our off day cities. Maybe we'll rattle them off. At Slide in Jeff's DMs. That's what he's saying. I don't know about that, <laughs> but you can send me a message. <laughs> That's the same thing. Well, guys, this has been fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll see you in Nashville. We got all access coming up. Yeah. Next week. It's going to be great. Yeah. I'm sure that will go smashing and we'll do more of those. I sure hope so. I'm excited about it. But uh, we may be doing them somewhere different. We'll, we'll have some more news about what's to come for us in the state of Tennessee. True that. Yeah. More on that later. All right. Anything to wrap up? I don't think so. Buy your tour tickets for crying out loud. We've got good availability still for LA and Chicago, which is uh, a two-day event each. Um, still got a few tickets. If you can't make a two-day event, we've got a few tickets left for Atlanta and Tulsa. And Nashville. Come on down. And Nashville. I'm telling you, you're not going to want to miss Nashville. Okay. We talked earlier about the guy who's coming to all three two-day events. Yeah. If you're able to come to a second event, come to Nashville just for the after party. Right. You are going to be blown out of the water. I'm just saying. Yep. Very true. All right, Jeremy, Rusty, thank you. Yeah, yeah. thanks, guys. We'll see you next time.